We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Well, welcome. Just myself and yourself today, Adrian, which I understand is probably tricky for first-time listeners to say <laughs> yourself and myself. Um, no, start that yeah. again. Start that again. Cut, <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. Right. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, maybe we won't do a welcome because welcomes yeah, are no. a bit. Yeah. So. Hmm. Well, in light of Monday's Valentine's Day, it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Lovely. And we've got a fun packed podcast. Oh, great job. To kick us off. Great job. Yes. That was, that was nice, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You should be on Sky. But, I swear to God. I should. I should. Such as Sky News this morning, and they really lowered the bar. So I could be. Yeah. Know. No, it's desperate. I mean, that ginger guy is, is oh, chronic altogether. Yes. He's just some posh we guy. Should... He's just some posh ginger guy who got a job. He's, he's what I dislike a lot. He's clearly from like London or, or the south of England, but he's a very proud Man United fan. And yeah, yeah it just doesn't sit well with me. As you know, and anyone that listens. Yeah, he he kind of got big during COVID when it was a lot of Zoom calls and stuff. And it just has the feeling of you're just some guy in your sitting room interviewing Gary Neville. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't like him at all. I don't know his name. Actually, I would say I don't know any of the present uh, presenters' names. Um, but the main guy, do you know the main guy on Sky Sports? He'd be the one on like... Monday Night Football and stuff. I think his name is Dave something. Yeah. I actually think I he's very good. I, think, I he's... think he's a great host. Yeah. Yeah. He's underrated. Him and Kelly shit. The, 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 two, the two blonde girls. There's like two blonde girls that do it and they're both class as well. Anyway. Yeah. I digress. It's true. It's very difficult uh, to like get the answers out of your guests or the people that are with you without basically guiding them to what you want answered and i think that guy that dave guy does that well and it's yeah. hard to do it's it's not all about him which i think is a a good uh good quality in a presenter really isn't it make it about the <laughs> guest not you that's it that's it Trait i do not have no not at all <laughs> <laughs> speaking of traits you don't have who do you fancy in the Super Bowl? Yay. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. I didn't even need to segue that. Was that any good? That was brilliant. Yeah. That was Sky Sports socials-esque. You know, that was like my Saturday morning TV. Yeah. I hope they're listening. Yeah. Me too. I hope someone is. Now, the Super Bowl, yes. I'm, I am a big fan of American football, strangely. I think back fondly to... God, I don't know what year it would have been. But remember we went to the old Oak and we, we watched a bit of American football one evening? I do. Years back. Yeah. 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 That's probably your first and only time watching American football, right? Um, yeah, I haven't seen much of it. Uh, I do understand it, which is probably 90% of enjoying it. But mm. it's just it, the, the breaks and stuff are just too much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Most people will watch the Super Bowl too. Which is basically like the equivalent of the of the final, the World Cup final or whatever. But the way it's the way it's set up is that it's just a spectacle. It's an event. 
So like the game is obviously extremely important to fans and the NFL and American football, but a lot of people like the general public watch it for like the commercials, the adverts and the halftime show. Obviously that's a huge thing. There's been lots of famous moments from the halftime show over the past few years, like Janet Jackson's tits, I guess being a very notable one. Yep. Remember that she thinking back on that. She was like victimized for that, but she didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> no, I guess she didn't. Uh, yeah, she seriously didn't. Well, the, like, the, the whole thing was a bit bizarre, but it, it, it was the, I think it was probably the first time. I think, I think it kicked off the big super, uh, Super Bowl halftime show I, because I know it was a thing before then, but that was like the first time that it was like, whoa, this big thing happened. And it was like, what's going to happen next year? What's going to happen next year? And it's yeah. kind of slowly petered down to people not giving a shit again. Mm. But that, yeah, that, yeah think... that, that was probably the first big thing. Um, do you know? Yeah. Uh, so who's who's in the Super Bowl this year? It's the LA Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals would be like the equivalent of when, kinda, when Leicester won the league. Like they haven't featured mm-hmm. at all in Their shit. like 40 yeah. 50 years yeah mm-hmm. basically yeah um okay so by the time this comes out everyone will know um who won but mm-hmm. how how long is the season the nfl season because it seems like it's, it's only about four months or something is it yeah it's pretty quick it's pretty quick yeah yeah it's um god they changed it this year so i'm probably wrong but it's 17 or 18 game weeks that's like the regular season Jesus. And then, uh, yeah, then it's like the top eight from each division go into a playoff thing, and then there's only like three games to Super Bowl and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it just seems crazy that like a shit team like the Bengals can get into the Super Bowl. Like, it's it's like a bit of a fluke, but it feels like that every year that there's always a team that's like, Jesus, how did they make it? But yeah, I don't follow it, but it does seem like it's always. The fucking Patriots versus shit team. Yeah, it's true. You know, it or, is very true. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the way. Like, it's the one thing that I think stands in favor of American sports over the kind of model we have in Europe and well, everywhere else. Basically, is that they have a somewhat league format, which then goes into a knockout format, which most leagues don't do in Europe, obviously. Um, but they have the draft, the player draft each season, which rewards being shit <laughs> basically of the 32 teams if you lose the most games or if you've just had the worst season and you finished last you get the first pick of like the best talent of 2022 so that's basically what's happened with the the Bengals for the past couple of years um and a lot of other teams too but they haven't done it as well so this team like the Bengals so basically Leicester have had the next Messi at their disposal for like mm-hmm. two or three years and then they've made they've blossomed into like fantastic athletes that are now a fantastic team but if they win it they, they'll have like the 32nd pick of the 2022 class you know so it's right it's a constant balance yeah and how is it that then um like tom brady how was he not drafted every single year like does a player have to be put up to be drafted or what 
Yeah, you have to declare. You play. They play through college, where you can. You don't have to play for a team, but like you have to declare for it. And there's hundreds and hundreds of players to choose from. Like obviously, the US is humongous in terms of population, but there's hundreds of players to to pick from. And it's interesting that you say Tom Brady because he is like the Messi of American football in recent times. He was drafted in the sixth round, so basically what's six times 30 so basically like 200 other players were picked before him and no one really thought that he was going to amount to anything but he just became like a sensational talent so that happens too that a lot of like positions you got to think like a like a football pitch you know everyone's going to go for the striker or the class attacking midfielder but then like the left or the right back might be a little bit unfavorable and they're not going to get picked up first and it leaves like a really big pool of very good players that if you need a good left back, you'll get one. Um, but how that transpired, I guess, is that no one really predicted that Tom Brady would be as good as he was. Like he's got the physique is all wrong for being a quarterback. He's very, he's not very nimble and stuff. And they just had a really good board and a really good manager that just time and again found talent whilst having like the worst picks and trading and things like that, that they could maintain it. But it really helps mm. by just always having like Messi in your team. You know, you still do pretty well every year, right? With Messi. Yeah. 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 So Barcelona did, I suppose. Cool. All right. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's something I haven't really kept track of. I know people go fucking Super Bowl crazy at this time of year, but I just yeah. don't fancy staying up till four in the morning. Frankly. But that's the thing. That's the thing is that it's really unfortunate this year is that it, it well, it's in LA, which is where the Rams are from. It's in their stadium, but they're the away team, funny enough. Um, and yeah, kickoff is at half 11 Irish time. So mm, <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a lot. It'll be, it'll be at least, what, three and a half hours, something like that, more. Yeah, the half time is like 40 minutes because of the performance. Yeah. So. It's uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, a few few others. So, yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Unreal. Moving on to the round ball. <laughs> the NBA. Nah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a moment since we've recorded last, and a lot has happened. Like the January, January transfer window closed. And for the first time, and I think for a good while, it was actually entertaining. Januaries have been pretty poor over the past few years especially when sky sports tried to make a big deal out of it but i actually thought this one was pretty impactful pretty entertaining and will have a lot of you know have a big impact on the league yeah yeah some some big signings but i think a couple of big signings always feels like more happened than nothing like uh uh luis diaz was obviously Probably one of the bigger ones. Coutinho coming in was a big one. Um, mm. Spurs did a couple of deals, like a little bit under the radar, but probably yet yeah. to see anything much coming from that. But like, I don't think Chelsea got anyone. I don't think City got anyone. Man United didn't get anyone. So like, a lot of the big teams really didn't do anything. Newcastle were probably the biggest. Um, and I don't know when when they did the deals at the time. I kind of felt like. It wasn't really enough to keep them up because they've been so terrible. But 
they've got their two on the bounce now, two wins on the bounce. So yeah, and it's all Kieran Trippier. Who would have thunk it? I know, right? We were kind of sniggering, I guess, weren't we? When uh, Newcastle signed him, you know, it, it's pretty mediocre, let's be honest. Yeah, all their signings were. I mean, Chris Wood. You know, all yep. these guys. Uh, the the guy from Leon, I don't even know his name. He didn't even start today. So, a couple mm-hmm. of above average signings, I would say, for way above average fees. But like that's yeah. that's just what they got to do. I mean, it's what City did when they first got money. So, kind of true. They're on, true, they're right? on the right track. We might actually look back at the end of the season and and say, well, they weren't glamorous, you know, just because they're the wealthiest club. Um, they weren't going to attract anyone really in the predicament they're in, but it seems to have done the job. Even the oh God, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, Webster was it from Brighton that they signed? Is that his name or Burn? Sorry, Burn, Burn. the big guy. Yeah. yeah, do you know? Again, a really kind of pushing for promotion, championship signing, or a relegation scrap signing, but. It's what they needed, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it's it's funny that they get in someone like Chris Wood and then Burnley go off and get your man um uh Veghorst or what however you say his name, the big lad. He would have been yeah. a much better signing. He's unbelievable, yeah. and Chris Wood is just kind of meh. You know? It's true. Do you remember that guy? The Veghorst or Veghorst guy. Do you remember him from a FIFA save we had? Oh <laughs> no. No. no, it was the Wolfsburg one that we had, and we sold him immediately because we looked at his acceleration and his height and fucked him up. <laughs> six foot six, his acceleration is yeah. like sixteen. Like, yeah. it's everything we hate. Well, he's been—he's great. He's fucking good. He was—he yeah. was good against Liverpool, and he was very good against Man United. So, yeah, he's exactly what they need. And Chris Wood is laughable. I'm afraid. He doesn't even seem to be fitting into a a mediocre Newcastle side. Well, I have a theory. I have a theory that Newcastle are relying on statistics signings outside of Trippier, which is probably their glamorous signing. That's the big name that they could attract. I think they're relying on things like XG um, and like goal involvement or potential goal involvement because there's like a kind of a running joke on like some of the fantasy football YouTube channels and, and Twitter and stuff that Chris Wood is like the best striker ever. If you, if you don't include him scoring, he's always like in the right areas. He's always like his success rate for like passes and shot conversions and headers and all things like that are like extremely high, like top tier. He just doesn't find the net. So I just have this th- I have this theory that someone has stumbled upon this and been like, we have to pay 25 million for this. When he does find the net. Surely that makes him the worst striker ever. Like if he's in the right place (laughs) at the right time all the time and doesn't score, that makes him a terrible, terrible footballer. Like you could put me right on the six yard box and hit the ball to me every time. And if I'm only scoring twice every 30 games, that makes me pretty shit. So does. yeah, that's not. But if you if you get what one th- one thing he's never had really is consistent service or a better player playing alongside him, and I think that's yeah. probably the logic is that if they get well, Wilson's Wilson's crux 
Yeah, no, but, but someone like San Maximan. San Maximan. Yeah. Yeah. Is that if they can, like he's he's you know, a trickster. He can get his way around the box and he can loop balls in and and whatnot. So that I think that's the theory. But we will we will see. We will see. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're only about three games into his Newcastle career, but he's yet to really even. He's yet to score. He's yet to even really impose himself on a game. So we'll find it's out. Wood. Like no one should be paying twenty five million for Wood. No. <laughs> Very well. Well done. Well yeah. Done. Thank nice. you. Thank you. Nice. Uh, Villa. Villa probably had the best window though, right? Coutinho uh, and Lucadinho. I think Lucadinho kind of went out. Um, under the radar too, because it was so early in the window. But those are two solid pickups. Yeah. Steven Gerrard, best manager in the league, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, he's a, he's gotten a couple of good pickups there. I mean, look, Everton shit the bed with just mm. everything. I mean, letting go one of their best players in Dina because he didn't get on with Benitez. And then Benitez fucking off a week later. Yeah. catastrophic stuff but he he's a good pickup he's probably overrated i would say dina i mean he's at villa mm. and that's probably his level he's one of the better players at villa and that's probably where he he belongs um so he's a good pickup uh coutinho is oh man i love coutinho i fucking <laughs> i fucking love coutinho and I don't know what other Liverpool fans think about him because, you know, he left Barcelona. But Christ, he is a fucking unbelievable player. I don't know what age he is. He's about 29, 28, 29 now. So he's he's, he's coming. He's either peaking or coming towards the end of it. But uh, yeah, Christ. I mean, he should be picked up by, with all respect, a better team than Villa next year. He really should. I mean, he's, he's, he's just wasting away in Barcelona. Um, I'm sure it's all to do with family stuff and living in Barcelona and all that shit. But, like, he belongs in England. He thrives in the Premier League. For whatever reason, he just fucking suits it um, yeah. and always has. So, yeah, I mean, if he's at Barcelona next year, it's his career is over as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, Jesus, I mean, I don't know if I'd have him back at Liverpool necessarily because I think he needs to be the main man. And Liverpool mm. actually improved once he left. But he, I mean, someone like Leicester, I don't know, like a really fifth place team, some, someone like that. Uh, fucking Arsenal, actually. All due respect to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal should snap the fuck up, Coutinho. Yeah. Mm. Fuck all It's here. interesting. It's interesting. I do think that the Steven Gerrard pull is probably the reason why he signed for Villa because it is really out there. You know, not no disrespect to Villa, but they're not really uh, they're not really a team to like pull players from Barcelona, even though they're maybe no. not in the starting eleven. They shouldn't so, be in the league. Think... They shouldn't be in the league because of that fucking ghost goal last season was the last yeah, season. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sheffield United got done over. Tw- yeah, Sheffield United got done over twice for things like that. They got relegated with the whole. I think we talked spoke about this already, but they got relegated in the year that. West Ham had Tevez and Mascherano illegally. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then this goal goes in and VAR decides that that day it wasn't going to work. I don't know. Yeah. And now they're stuck with fecking Brewster in the championship. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. 
The less said about that, the better. But twenty million, thank you, thank you very much. Well, you know, we spoke about like uh, Everton shit in the bed with Luca Dina going to Villa, and I agree with you. I think he is probably just like a decent left back. It's just a really good signing, um, and Everton's stupid for letting him go. But I don't think it was the club necessarily. I think it was, you know, Rafa Benitez just sabotaging his way out. But Everton. I think Everton shit the bed this transfer window too, with the exception of Frank Lampard. Uh, Delhi Alley for 42 million. Crazy. Is that the worst bit of business we've ever seen? That's a crazy bit of business. Crazy bit of business. The, like, the guy couldn't get a game with Spurs. but And, okay, Spurs are a big team. The guy hadn't played an actual decent game of football in uh four years maybe mm -hmm. he the the last time i remember him playing well was against chelsea he scored two headers against chelsea yeah. about four years ago yeah uh i could be corrected it might be only three years ago but that that's it um he, he he's not worth 10 million in my estimation oh. uh, so 42 million is look it's amazing business by spurs uh oh, fucking hell. And and um Van der Beek. Uh Van der Beek, yeah. I mean but, that one is understandable, right? That's a loan deal. It's better. Cool. It's certainly yeah. better, but it's not game changing. I mean, I look I look at Everton like what the what do Everton need? They probably need a pretty big overhaul in midfield, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, they, like they, they don't have a good midfield. Um, defensively, they probably need one or two uh, to come in, um, but definitely midfield is the, is their weakest spot, and they're bringing in Deli Ali and Van de Beek, who are not really solid midfield players. So, I don't know. No, there's a big risk. It's a big, big question mark over Deli Ali, and I I think back to that clip from the Amazon Spurs, you know, documentary thing, where Marino's just like he gives a big analogy or a big kind of like motivational thing to him, but he's basically telling Deli Ali, if you put in any effort every day, you'd be one of the best in the world. But you're just not asked. And I think that summarizes him very well. Anytime I see Deli Ali, he is either just, you know, going 110% crazy. Um not for a while now, but when he was like starting properly, it was either an incredible performance or you didn't know he was playing. To risk that amount mm -hmm. of money, yeah. Well, Everton, I mean, spare cash, yeah. And he he peaked at about 20. That's the issue. Yeah. He peaked with that fucking volley against uh Palace. Ah, uh, yeah, and since Knew then, get mentioned since then, he's just been mock though, like he's been pretty much mock, yeah. So, yeah. um, he has RIP, but Everton and Deli Alley, yes. However. The one silver lining, the saving grace, is that Frank Lampard is back in a, a job, like he should be, and he will steer them out of trouble. You can already see it. Just turned it on yesterday. Yep. D disposed of Leeds. They were... And, sorry, you go. Yeah. I was just going to say, and people aren't going to like it, but Frank will do a job, and he'll silence the critics yet again. Yeah. Um... <laughs> In all seriousness, Frank Lampard got a bit of a raw deal. 
and people will always say, well, he brought Derby from sixth to sixth and, you know, he fucking couldn't bring Chelsea anywhere and then Tuchel took over and won them the Champions League and that's all fair enough, but people forget that first season at Chelsea when he had nothing to go on. He had no transfer. He had lost his best player. He had to bring through all these young players that we had never heard about. Players like Mason Mount. We had no idea who the fuck he was. Players like James, the right back. Players like uh, Tamori. A couple of others. Abraham. He brought through all these players and we were like, sure, they'll be doing well to get top half. And he got top four. Top fucking four. Like, in any Premier League season is good going with that group of players, considering you had Liverpool and City guaranteed top four. So you're fighting for two places against Man United, who were spending fucking half a billion in a couple of years. And uh, Spurs, who had just, I think, been in the Champions League final. What is it, that season? Um, yep. And mm-hmm. Arsenal as well, who are spending, spending. All these, te- all these teams... Um, Brendan Rodgers, fucking lackluster Leicester. Oh, that was good. Mm, um, that was. Yeah, so, like, people shit all over Frank. Uh, he he bought that Champions League winning team. Okay, he didn't have the experience to, to get them to win it, but he made that team. That was Frank Lampard's team. And it was just this uh, Tuchel bollocks came in and fucking whatever. Hopped on the bandwagon, yeah. I suppose. Um, so yeah I I think he gets a raw deal he didn't have a great result during the week but he went out and won 3-0 against arguably one of the worst teams in the league fair enough he's still to win 3-0 he's got the likes of Calvert-Lewin back now I think he he, he probably does have a stronger squad I think they do need a bit more in midfield but they'll stay up there's really not much of a question about that there's way worse teams in the league and Frank Lampard, uh, is he the best manager in the league? Mm, no. But he might be the ninth best manager in the league. But he's certainly the most handsome. I'll say that. And he is incredibly modest, I find, because he was offered, I guess, the Palace job back in the summer. But he knew it was a little bit out of his depth. So he said no. And he came back to try and... Um, basically piece together this mess that Everton have. So you got to respect him for that. Uh, and just to follow on from your point, I guess, Adrian, too, is that yeah, his Chelsea recently just won the cl- uh, Club World Championship as well. So that's another notch for him, um, mm. as well as the Champions League medal. So, yeah, incredible manager. Yep. Um, brilliant guy, brilliant player. Brilliant manager. Um, no comparison, really, with him and Solskjaer. No point in even comparing him. No, no, I won't. I won't. But we will circle back on one small thing now that you kind of mentioned Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Is Arteta. He was in that conversation many moons ago that we had. And I would like to say, and it's a shame Flynn's not here, because I, I feel he'd have his two cents on this too. But Arteta is doing an incredible job with what he started with. And I know this season didn't go too well, but he's doing an incredible job. And the final, final piece that he needed to, or final piece of the puzzle he needed to crack or whatever you want to say, 
was Aubameyang. And he fucked him off. He got rid of the club captain. He shipped him off to Barcelona without a deal. Said, you stay there. Don't come back. And he got rid of all of the rut from the Arsenal ship. The ship is now brand new wood, perfectly polished, seaworthy, and ready for its maiden voyage. Yes, absolutely. He's um, He has been low-key one of the better managers of um of the season really he's people talk about david moyes for some reason i i, I maybe it's because he's british but people love saying jesus david moyes and west ham unbelievable 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 um yeah uh arteta came in to the season with arguably one of the best strikers in the league and chucked him out and for all the right reasons and fair play. Uh, if they get top four with the squad they have, I would say, uh, could I say it's remarkable? I could. I could. Yeah. Because, Honestly, look at the squad. Yeah, look at they, Arsenal's team. But you do have to you do have to look at their team and say, God, it's a shite squad. But they have bought that squad as well. Like, I mean, I don't know yeah, what the, yeah. the price of that squad is, but their net spend in the last few years is quite high. Um. I think Arteta is going the right way about it, though. I do think the likes of Party was 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 poor enough, but then um, uh, the right back, the Jap- Japanese guy, what's his name again? Uh, Tommy Yasu. Tommy Yasu. Yeah, um, br- brilliant bit of business. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they have that kind of mediocre midfield again, and fucking Jacka just being Jacka like constantly. Um, mm. And and you know they they don't really have an amazing striker, but yeah, I think I think Arteta. You know what? I'll I'll give him I'll give him a solid six out of seven in terms of managerial yeah. rating. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they I think they'll get top four. I I fancy them way above Spurs. I fancy them above United on on mm-hmm. current form. Yeah, I think um, Chelsea, Man City. Uh, sorry, uh, I should put it in order. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal is is probably a, a safe top four bet. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think that although others, it's quite close, isn't it, for the kind of fourth spot in the Europa League places. It's quite close when even Wolves are in the conversation. But you look at Arsenal's running, and it's probably the the most favourable of them all. Uh, they do have, I guess they do have West Ham and United to play towards the tail end. But for their next five or six games, they're playing teams that are struggling. Brentford, Watford, Leicester, Villa, Palace, Brighton, <laughs> Southampton. Yeah. That could be the stretch that they, I guess, seal the deal. Um, they'll definitely get they'll definitely get back into Europe this year. Like, they have to. Um they have to. I think that will be a really big success. Uh, I think it's incredible that they lost their first three games, and it's a bit of a joke. And they've only lost seven games all season. So four get only four games since then, like nineteen games. Um, yeah, yeah, look, it has obviously. There's been a checkbook involved. There's no doubt about it. But with what Arteta has brought in, has worked by, like you said, party. But 
he's getting the best out of what he has because he's just cut out all of the crap, all of the mm. troublemakers. The Leno. And yeah, and it's like a solid yeah. team. It's a yeah. solid team now that play for each other. Because look how important it was when they they got that win against uh, against Wolves and when Martinelli got sent off. How I don't think I've seen a reaction from an Arsenal team like that for so long. Go back to the City game as well when there was all those controversial decisions that went against Arsenal. Very vocal. Lots of expressions on the Arsenal player's face. It's refreshing to see. I like it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And they also missed out on um, that striker, uh, Vlahovic. Mm. Uh, Yes. Which was a big, I think a big dent to their title, or to their season. Mm. But... They've got goals all around the pitch at the minute. So, I mean, your man Gabriel is banging them in. So, if you if you if you can have a defender fucking scoring you ten goals a season, <laughs> who needs that cunt Vlahovic? <laughs> so, yeah, fair play. No, I think I think uh, I think they're in a really good spot, and like you said, they have a really good run in. So, we're all we're all uh, we're all gunning. No shit, no. Uh, we're all rooting for them. I was gonna say. Well, gunners gunning. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, but gunning for them means something else, so never mind. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, well, look, we, we've given our plaudits to the great managers like Frank and Arteta so far. Um, special mention for Dean Smith, who seems to be working wonders at Norwich, but we right. won't dwell too much on that because Norwich. Um, but yeah, let's let's flip the page. Let's talk about shit let's, managers. Let's talk about shit managers. Anyone in mind, Adrian? I've got one. No, okay, no, I shouldn't be too harsh, but I, I do want to address uh, one uh, Brendan Rogers. Mm. So, okay. I suppose there's this uh, narrative going around that Brendan Rogers made this Liverpool team. This Liverpool team is as good as, as it is because Brendan Rogers made it. And Klopp just came in and basically did a two-call on it and just guided them to, to glory. Um uh look i suppose um brendan rogers is liked and respected amongst liverpool fans that's my understanding i certainly like brendan rogers and i certainly respect brendan rogers but he did some brilliant things at liverpool he also did some catastrophic things with liverpool um, yes. And he's gone on to do some brilliant things after Liverpool and do some fucking catastrophic things after Liverpool. <laughs> so um, I think the last time we were recording, I said I, I'd make a, 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 a list of things. Um, mm. So let me just, uh, this is in no particular order. I should try and uh, clarify that. So um, some of Brendan Rodgers' highlights, right? He, he won some shit with Celtic when Celtic won everything, okay? Yeah. Um, which was great. Um, he lost the title for Liverpool in 2014. That's one of his probably career highlights. And he bought Felipe Coutinho. Those are probably three of... Oh, and he won the FA Cup last year. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Um, so those are probably four key highlights in Brendan Rodgers' careers. Um, things that Brendan Rodgers has done wrong. As I said, in no particular order. Uh, very recently, he was knocked out of the FA Cup by Nottingham Forest in embarrassing fashion. 
Um, they were 2-1 up versus Spurs in the 94th minute and went on to lose 3-2. We all remember that. That was only a couple of weeks ago. He oversaw uh, the Istanbul debacle. Um, and also the 1-0 loss to Chelsea that cost Liverpool the title. Uh, Stephen Gerrard references his tactical naivety in his autobiography. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, he was, uh, this season, he was 3-1 up versus basically a second-string Liverpool team uh, in the FA Cup, and they went on to lose penalties. Uh, and they were knocked out. They were 1-0 up versus Villa and went on to lose 2-1. It's just a, it seems to be a habit they have. Um, last season, I, I had actually forgotten about this. Last season, they were tipped to get Champions League place. And they missed out on the Champions League because all they had to do was beat Spurs in the final day at home. Spurs that were managed by Ryan Mason. All they had to do was beat Ryan Mason's fucking Spurs at home. And they lost 4-2, could you believe? 4-2 at home to Ryan Mason's Spurs. I'll just repeat that one more time. Ryan Mason's Spurs. Uh, they spent... <laughs> You, you definitely lent into the mic, right? Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> I like um, they, he spent, this is, this is great, this is going back to the Liverpool days, he spent $115 million, <laughs> um, or one Philippe Coutinho, if you want to give him some credit, but $115 million on um, Iago, or I, th I think his name is Iago Aspas. Anyway, Aspas. Ilori, if you can remember him, Balotelli, yeah. Ricky mm. Lambert, Barini, Joe Allen, Luis Alberto, Lazar Markovic, and Christian Benteke. Mm. So, if you can remember any of those players doing any one singular good thing for Liverpool, then you're a real hardcore Liverpool fan. Um, 115 yeah. million he spent on all those players. Um, not to mention, I mean, the obvious one is he's guided Premier League winners Leicester to, like, mid-table. I think they're 10th right now. Um, just with regard to the 13-14 season, that was solely carried by Luis Suarez. Because um, I know people will, will point to that season and say, well, he did brilliantly. I mean, if Suarez wasn't there, that's a fourth or fifth place Liverpool team. Um, with Leicester, he's crashed out of a couple of favourable Europa League groups after terrible showings. He he lost to Liga Warsaw and um, and he drew uh, the next season to Slavia Praha. Praha? Did I say that right? Slavia Praha? Yeah. Um, and they were knocked out in the round of 30... The, the round of 32 after losing 2-0 at home. Yep. So, um, a, a, a lot to take on there. Basically, those are all yeah. examples of Brendan Rodgers bottling it. He yeah. is the biggest bottler in the Premier League right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I like the guy. I, th I think he took Liverpool over at a good time and I think he did some great stuff but people remember that 13-14 season because we played some incredible stuff 
He couldn't keep hold of Luis Suarez. He couldn't keep hold of uh, Raheem Sterling. Um, he got rid of Steven Gerrard. He, he made a lot of bad calls as well. And people forget how bad the Liverpool team was when he left. Um, so anyone that wants to say Brendan Rodgers made this Liverpool team, have a look at Klopp's first team compared to Klopp's team now. And, um, yeah. and then smack yourself in the face. And uh, get a grip. <laughs> very nice, very very nice. Um, that's a very yeah, it's a very comprehensive list that you've that you've had there. Uh, it's hard to argue it. I think the biggest takeaway for me when it comes to Brendan Rodgers is that he seems to just do this kind of cycle with every club that he's been at, where underdogs or not expected much of them and they'll bring him up very well. He'll motivate them really, really well. Then things won't go their way. Maybe an injury or two will come in or, or things won't go to plan, which is obviously compete at a high level. Then it's never his fault. It's always players not turning up, not trying hard enough or there's excuses here and there like schedules or COVID and then he'll throw players under the bus Then there'll be like a a rift in the team. One star player will say some words uh, and then he'll walk away and he'll disappear into the darkness for a little bit and he'll come back. And yeah. let's not forget that like, Brendan Rogers was probably in some fortunate circumstances in that 13-14 season. I think I could have probably got that, that, that Suarez, Sterling and Sturridge scoring goals just give him the ball just give Suarez the ball yeah, like that exactly. that's that's some great management skill to have yeah give it to one of the best players in the Premier League right now to score um one thing that always I always think of when it comes to Brendan Rodgers because I try not to be too unfair on him even though I don't, really don't rate him that too highly uh it's the two things of basically throwing away the Champions League spot two years in a row like that's pretty that's pretty poor but it reminds me of Steve Bruce when Steve Bruce was Palace manager this is going way back in 2001 2002 for about I don't know six month period maybe less Palace had Dougie Friedman who's our director of football now and Clinton Morrison famously of Sky Sports <laughs> and, yeah. and other places yeah. um, and they just clicked. They always had a really good strike partnership going on from there too. But whatever happened, and I can't really remember what the what the squad was like, really. I can't remember who was maybe feeding them like the assists. It could have been like Hayden Mullins. I don't know. Do you remember Hayden Mullins by no, any chance? No. He played for West Ham and stuff. But we had Julian Gray, who was like an ex-Arsenal youth candidate too. But anyway, we just got like off to this fantastic start that by the time... November came they were just scoring for fun and we were like top of the league and we thought Steve Bruce was the messiah and all of a sudden then come I don't know maybe November December time um, Birmingham City poached him and he got promoted with Birmingham who had like a superior side I think they actually only recently got relegated maybe it was a great team anyway and Palace was free fall down to like 10th because um, things just came, kind of came undone. But that first half of the season, like you wouldn't credit that to Steve Bruce. That's what Steve Bruce is doing. 
Like that was Dougie Freeman and Clinton Morrison being like fantastic players together. And I just think it's the same as with Brendan Rodgers. He's that Celtic team, they had no competition. That Liverpool team, he had the best front three that the league has seen. Maybe, you know, best one, two or three strike partners we've seen in the Premier League ever. And at Leicester then, he's had a blank checkbook and basically Jamie Vardy, you could score fun. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And and um, there's a couple of, of little bits that you can see. Like, there is... I think on Facebook, there's a video of Brendan Rodgers' tactical analysis on one of his best ever uh-huh. games when, when Liverpool beat um, Arsenal 5-1 that season. And it's it's crazy. It's it, like it's crazy to sit there. And if you can if you can really focus, because it's so uh, mind-numbingly boring listening to him. But if you can actually sit there and focus on what he's saying, it's like, yeah. So we played Luis Suarez because he was great. Um, we tried to press the ball and win the ball a lot and then pass it to Luis Suarez because he was great and Raheem Sterling and Sturridge were fast so when we won the ball they ran really fast and then we passed it to them that's basically in in a five minute segment what he says Um, also don't forget the Balotelli thing which was another thing that came out kind of after he left he had an interview and he said look the Balotelli thing was was a bit was a bit unfortunate but the club really felt that he could be a bargain and uh and I wasn't I wasn't sold on it he he's like I wasn't I wasn't sold on this guy Balotelli I really wasn't sold on him but the club felt that he could be uh an asset so so they bought him and they said do what you can it's like if you're a fucking manager surely you have the balls to say do not buy him I do not want him and he's like, yeah. ah, you know, the club. And he's passing the buck on the club. Then, look, maybe that is the case. If it, if that's the case, then he has no balls to tell the club, I don't want that fucking player. Um, and if it's not the case, then it's his fault for agreeing to buy the player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, 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 he's also recently, by the way, sorry, this is just the last thing. He's also yeah. very recently thrown players under the bus for yeah. being knocked out uh, of the FA Cup to, to um, Forest, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. yeah and he said these players have no desire uh, you know I'm paraphrasing but like I said good guy good manager I think can do very good things at Swansea he did very well at Celtic you know, it wasn't hard to do well but let's see him go to United let's see him go to United and see how he actually does I'd love it yeah same because I, I think he'd just be shown up for what he is. Like that, That's the one thing that always gets me, is that he has the same exit in every club. And it's probably coming to the, the end of his Leicester time, I would feel. It is, yeah. Um, and it seems as if it's United that kind of are interested in him. But just this throwing players under the bus. Being, being kind of seen as like shrewd transfers, not at all. Paid, he paid 20, nearly 20 million for like, Vestergaard from Southampton for Christ's sake yeah uh, and yeah no it's just uh, he'll be exposed yet again um, I don't really have any particular hate or dislike of Leicester no but he they'd probably be better off without him I don't know yeah. who they'd get yeah I, I look he's 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 a top half Premier League manager not much better to be honest I'm not saying he's total dog shit but He's not. He's not the Messiah that everyone thinks he is. Um, no. Just 
touching on United, I, and I'm just curious mm. what the what the story is with uh, Ragnik. What's is he? Is he just shit? Is that the story? It, it's funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, like Ali was such a soft hand, right? He obviously kind of let things. He covered for players all the time. Is Ragnik the Ragnik guy? Just is he the exact same? I can't really tell. But he's, he hasn't changed the course at all. I'm hearing a lot of this is what we expected. There was no expectations this season. This is a transition. Bollocks. Mm-hmm. Bollocks. Yeah. Every month up until Ali was getting fired. <laughs> was it not? No, we have to go for the league. Champions League this year. Bollocks. Now the United fans are kind of easing off being like, no, no, look, this is, this is part of the transition. Is it fuck? I cannot believe what a bad purchase Ronaldo has turned out to be. It's been incredible. It's yeah. really incredible. We were, well, I was certainly so nervous about United this year. And now they've had this Solskjaer run that was pathetic and they were getting hammered to fuck. Now they've brought in this really pragmatic manager um, and, you know, has all these ideas. He's He's the guy... He's the guy who inspired Tuchel and Klopp. Uh, did he fuck? My God. He is... It's so pathetic. Like, they go 1-0 up, and then they just concede another one. It's just constant. I've been watching your man... Um, fuck, what's his name? Gold... Gold... Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg, isn't it? Yeah. He is the best crack ever. I've been watching him every week. Because <laughs> every week United have a shit result. And it's brilliant. <laughs> you know what? He does actually quite openly speak his mind about how bad he thinks United are. And I kind of respect him for that because a lot of people would like lose their cool. And he does. He obviously really hates it. But he doesn't hold back how he like, contem- condemns players and managers and the board and stuff too. It is. It's good entertainment. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really tough because if you ask me what player do you bring in to fix United, maybe yeah, a defensive midfielder. Other than that, they should have a pretty good, not just a team, pretty good squad, and yeah. they can't fucking do it. Um, and I was I was actually listening back. We mentioned at the very start of the season when Ronaldo came in, we were like, yeah, it's it's a really really good transfer. But it'll be very interesting to see how Solskjaer manages this team. How he manages the players, like the people. And he didn't. And now they've brought in this tough German fuck. And he hasn't managed either. Um, He was even approached in a press conference saying, apparently the players aren't enjoying the fucking things and they're calling your assistant manager. Um, What's the name of that? Uh, Ted Lasso. He was yeah. like, "Well, I don't know about this." It's like, get a pair of balls, man. How are you going to manage this group of players? Imagine Ferguson being asked that question. He'd fucking get up and walk out. He'd yeah, throw yeah. something at the reporter. This guy is going, "Well, I don't know about that. I don't listen to this." It's listen. We have a lot of Man United supporting friends, so like, <laughs> it's a bit of banter. But at this point, it's a little bit sad like it's a little bit sad yeah it um, is you kind of want united being a bit of a challenge so that there's a bit of competition there but at this point it's kind of 
I don't see them getting back on track in the next three years. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I genuinely feel that, you know, maybe maybe the lads were right initially where it's like it's the players. I think the players themselves are, you know, they're obviously a part of it too, but you can argue that a, a great manager or a, a great club culture pulls bad players either out of the situation or through the situation too and it's just not happening it's just it, i can't i can't comprehend it sometimes when i watch united and i see that lineup and yeah there's there's obvious holes in there that you know players could be better obviously but it's they're not a bad group of players they just are aren't a team they're not a team and that's the problem is that it seemed like things were getting together for united last season they obviously did well last year and it's felt like there was a bit of momentum changing a bit. And yeah, the Europa League final loss was obviously a big a big kick. And if they'd won that penalty shootout, how different things could have been right now? Who knows? But Ronaldo, I mean, for all of that's good about Ronaldo, and you see all this stuff about how hard he trains and how great he is for like charity and how much of an inspiration he is for other footballers, especially younger footballers too. I don't know. Yeah, look... That probably happens. But when I see him on a football pitch, he's the most selfish, self-centered person that like you probably ever see. It's just rolling eyes, it's throwing hands, it's getting frustrated. Like that's what we see. That's what the fans are seeing. And yeah, he sh- he should be better. United should be better. But if if the if he is so inspirational and, and like the younger players are looking to him. He just seems like he's another like negative ego thrown into the mix when you've got big influencers like Pogba, who God knows really where his head is at sometimes. And yeah, it's just it's just drab, really. Like written all over it, that Burnley game and that Southampton game. You know, sometimes I wish I put my money where my mouth was, but you could just see it. You could just yeah. see it that like they're not winning this game. It's done. They've tried. They've they've got a goal. Sweet. So they always do, and they'll throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, do you think you um, Ronaldo and Cavani will be there next season? If it's to be be- believed, Cavani's definitely gone. And if it's rumored to be true, Ronaldo's very dissatisfied with his spell at United. Yeah. I could see him going, and like. <laughs> I don't even think it's a bad thing, to be honest. But I, I wonder then, because I could see the two of them going, them and Pogba gone. Um, yeah. Who's their striker then? Like, they have to get one. And yeah. Eight. And this is where you kind of have to look into, like, their their recruitment. And it's been yeah. pretty pretty poor in recent years. And, you know, do they... Sorry, but, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Haaland going there. But, like, I mean, number one, why would he? Um, you know, but number yeah. two, why would he? <laughs> uh, because yeah. like, wasn't his dad's career ended by a United player? Didn't his dad <laughs> play for Man City? So why, yeah. why? You know, I it just doesn't add up for me. So I think United. I know. Yeah, I I, I think it's a dark few years for United. If I'm honest, it could get worse. It genuinely could get worse. And I'm not just saying that to like you know rattle people or to like you know exaggerate i think it could get way worse there is like players like shaw and harry Maguire, david de gea they're in key positions currently in that united team 
they don't, well, I suppose De Gea does, but they don't really have very competitive players to push them or overtake them if they, you know, regress. <laughs> and they've invested, they invested a lot of money into these players. Like, Harry Maguire is so shit. Terrible every time I see him. And yet, he's guaranteed player on the uh, first name on the team sheet. He's club captain. And there's no one taking that spot. And you'd have to spend a lot of money <laughs> to try and get someone that's like better than him that would uproot a yeah. club captain. Ah, I don't know. He could be um he could be one of the worst transfers of all time, if I'm honest. I know that sounds really yeah. incredibly harsh, but for the money involved, like 80, 80 million? 80 yeah. million? People laugh at Torres. Like <laughs> Torres at least scored some goals and won some stuff. 80 million for Maguire, who's gone on to win nothing and will win nothing. <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's it's abominable to be honest yeah that's it that's the one thing that I think that can kind of always hold against United and United fans is that <laughs> this mess is not for the want of trying like it literally poured millions into this team in all the wrong areas uh, and have nothing to show for it longest drought without a trophy now unless unless United win the Champions League or miraculously, the Premier League, it will be their longest period in recent like history mm. since before Fergie uh, without a trophy. And like that is that is accurate, I feel. Yeah. Well, I think we touched on it earlier, actually, because we, we got to the we got to see United on the topic of shit managers. And we mentioned <laughs> on the top David Moyes. Right. Football aside. David Moyes is a terrible manager because of how he handled the Kurt Zuma situation. How he started that game after what he did is it's ridiculous, really. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Mm. <laughs> it's a tough one because I see where he's coming from. I do see that he's like, listen... I'm the I'm the fucking manager. I just pick the team. I pick the team that's best mm. to play, right? And if you think Zuma is the best center back to play, pick Zuma, right? But it, it, I think it's more uh, reflective of West Ham as a club that someone hasn't gone to him and been like, "Listen, there's all of this shit with Zuma. Keep him out. Just just put him away. Keep him out. Keep him away from the stadium. Let him stay at home. We're gonna deal with it. We're gonna find him. Whatever. Just." You know, you've you've got because they're not really short on centre backs either. Like they have they have a few, so like just start Diop or whatever you know, whoever. Um, so I think it looks way 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 worse for West Ham, um, to play him than than necessarily David Moyes because, like he kind of said, my job is to just pick the team and train the team and and do tactics and all that kind of shit, and I just deal with what's in front of me. It's it's not good though, and I mean I, I mean I'm I'm sorry to say I do think it will blow over, and I think it is blowing over. I think he's been fine now, and his cat has been taken away from him, and I think that's going to be the end of it. But um, I think 
it's going to leave a, a bad taste in a few people's mouths going forward that West Ham played him the, like the day after it all kicked off. It was just, you know, sometimes you got to think like, okay, what's the sensible thing to do here? Whether or not it had been handled internally and all that, that's fine. I I trust that an organization as big as West Ham has like disciplinary procedures in place. Like, of course, um, it's just like you said, maybe sub him, maybe put him on the bench, <laughs> you know, anywhere else than literally starting the next day. It's like as if it doesn't really matter. And I think it kind of leads me to my <sighs> next point too. And I won't ever be able to do this any justice that hasn't already been said, you know, really. But the frequency in which, in which professional football players, especially in the Premier League, have like become criminals or have criminal records, it's getting a little bit worrying. I mean, we could really dig into this deep and find out like reasons why, and I think a lot of them are very obvious why they happen. But even like now, um, Zuma was one, right? Okay, and maybe that's on the not that you can rank them, but maybe it's on the kind of minor side of the, the current criminal proceedings that are going on with Premier League football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, this season alone, there's been t two, Basuma and Greenwood, that have been charged with sexual assault. Yeah, and uh, um, Mendy. And Mendy too. Yep. Yeah, there so you go. You're up to five. Yeah. And that's only the current. And like I say, I don't know if we're very much in a position to add to anything that's already been said about those kind of ongoing cases. But if you look back further, it's there's a lot of players, like well-known players that have had criminal records or um, have been involved in criminal activities. And yeah, it's just, is it just the concoction of young, talented ego lots of money that just results in people like this because it is only like there's thousands of players in the premier league history and it is a fraction of those but like is there a is there a worrying trend i guess is what i'm trying to ask i have thought about this a little bit and um uh people people will say look when you give like a young man who's in good shape because they're they're usually you know fit or tall or bulky and like you know if they were in you know a secondary school they'd be like the jock they're like a big guy they'd probably be a bully or whatever just based on physique um yeah you know you you give this kind of guy so much money that he doesn't know what to do with it you know what do you expect of course he's gonna of course he's going to act out. Of course he's going to be a Balotelli. I mean, a fucking Balotelli was a, a an angel compared to these guys. Um, you know, of of course he's going to act out. But like, can you say, okay, you give a young, testosterone driven, like jacked up kid so much money? Of course he's going to go out and kick cats. Of course he's going to go out and be a rapist. Like that doesn't add up to me. That doesn't make fucking sense. So. So you, these guys going out and assaulting people um fucking kicking cats like raping people it's like that's not down to a money thing like they had that in them 
before they were rich. I believe that because I believe, well, I, I fucking well hope that if someone gave you or me um, this amount of money when we were 20 years old, we wouldn't become a rapist or we wouldn't go out and batter the heads off people. Why, why would we? Um, I think Rooney came out recently and said that, you know, he turned to alcohol. And of course, that's that's a huge thing is that they've got so much money, they don't know what to do with it. So they're going to go for drugs. They're going to go for alcohol. They're going to go for betting. They're going to go for things that, like, you, you probably couldn't afford as much of if you're poor. But, like, Wayne Rooney went and got pissed a few nights and probably, you know, acted out a little bit. As far as I know, I don't think he sexually assaulted anyone because it's probably just not part of his DNA. Um, and while you can say, well, you know, he was a fucking agent and he got pissed and he did this and he did that, you know, uh, he was never going to rape anyone. Give him a billion euro, give him 10 trillion euro. He's not going to rape anyone because he's not a fucking rapist. Someone like Greenwood or allegedly Greenwood or Mendy, they, like they had that in them, whether you give them money or not, they had that in them. And that's the scary part. And I suppose when you look at footballers, I mean, I don't know how many footballers there are between all the leagues that we would support or follow or whatever, but like in the Premier League alone, I suppose there's 20 teams with 20 players. What is that? 400? 400 players? Mm. Five of them four of them i suppose now if, if you want to count it are uh I, I i i don't want to be so blunt to say they're rapists but they have yep. been accused of something like that and that is too way too much that's like one percent like i would fucking hope that one percent of the population is not capable of rape but maybe that's maybe it is uh, it's, yeah, it's scary. Like, it is. It well, is I, very, I, very scary. I, I, I do think that, well, you know, they're young and we give them money and they don't know what to do with it. That's bollocks. That's fucking mm -hmm. bollocks. And I want to cut that out right now. <laughs> okay. Not, yeah. not cut it out of the podcast, I should clear it. <laughs> but, no, no, no. But I don't Sorry, think, yeah. I think it's making <laughs> excuses for these guys who are just fucking animals, frankly. Yeah. That's fair. No, that's that's a good point. It's a good point. It's true. It just seems to go hand in hand, and it's very prevalent in sport, unfortunately, as well. Like we at the top of the podcast, you know, for those still listening, we would have spoken about the Super Bowl. The NFL is like crazy <laughs> for convicts and stuff. Even just like little misdemeanors. It's like every other week, there's someone from a team being suspended for DUI, like drinking under the influence, or you know, taking drugs or assaulting someone or rape or battery, you know, all these crazy, like these crazy, uh, you know, things happening. And there is a little side s segment to the NFL side of things where it's like about the head trauma that they've got for a very long time. Um, but America is on a different level, I think, when it comes to like, you know, offenses like this. The, the Greenwood one, I mean, I was... I, th I do see myself as kind of hardened to like shock if that makes sense where there isn't too much that I could see or watch or hear that would really like set me back and whatnot that like watching that on like the Sunday morning or whatever it was when it, it finally uh, kind of came out 
was man it, it really did knock me i had to sit down like that was just i don't know I, it was a lot um i really can't see it going any other way other than his arrest rightly so um i know you have to play it safe or whatever and say that he's he's innocent until he's proven guilty but i'm sorry i think i've seen all the evidence i need to say uh, or see to say that he is you know very very guilty um and yeah just really kind of hope the best for his partner and one of the things i didn't understand and you might be able to clarify it for me adrian is the the fact that he was arrested in november did you, did you hear that and manchester united were made aware of that mm, yeah um i don't know anything about it but i know i think you highlighted a, a few few weeks ago that 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 did happen but i guess nothing came of it or i don't know mm. And I think it circles back nicely. I've said that a few times in this podcast, but it does really circle back nicely to the same thing as West Ham, where, of course, these are very different crimes and very different outcomes, really, or the effect it's had on people. But it's the image. It's the, the club's not really caring too much. It's more about just, you know, we'll let them play. And I don't think he's been in the squad too much, basically, with this year anyway. But the fact that perhaps it was known or perhaps there was rumors or the police said the reasons for his arrest and it was kind of okay to keep it going uh keep him playing or keep him in the squad is again concern same with mendy too mendy was playing football while the while it was being reviewed you know while it before it was going to trial yeah, yeah. Uh, like they, they would have they, they, they would have been aware of the allegations at that point like yeah yeah so big question marks over a lot of the football teams too and i don't just think it's united i don't think it's city i don't think it's west ham i think it's any basically majority of them because money talks and money is the most important for them and sponsorship is the most important for them so i'm not throwing those three clubs you know any more hate than i would for anyone else but um yeah it was was quite shocking and going back into the catalogue, not to glorify anything, but really just to provide some context into how like frequent this is in football. We just to throw out some famous names: um, Joey Barton, convicted twice for assault. Um, he, he was in jail seven months um, combined. Danny Simpson, remember Danny Simpson from Leicester? Um, he got a, he was assault. Um, he got a curfew. And had to do community service. Eric Cantona, maybe that one's a little bit different, but he did get um, a two-week sentence, which was changed to community service for, you know, that kung fu kick. Ched Evans, convicted of rape, five years, uh, which was then overturned after he ser served two years. Do you remember Lee Hughes, West Brom player? Any um, not, not clearly, no. Okay, well, he was he was a pretty good striker, kind of bottom half Premier League, top half a Championship type player. Um, he got six years for death by dra uh, dangerous driving, killed someone. Um, Adam Johnson. I mean, that's probably the the biggest one before Greenwood, right? It's probably the most well known one. Yeah, and it felt like that was more of a deal than what's going on now, which is crazy because yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why, why is that more of a big deal? Just because it was 
whatever 10 years ago yeah i know right yeah and like uh, what adam johnson did is obviously it's horrific it's awful and he deserves as long behind bars as the league the legal system or the justice system deems fair i guess but he he sounded like he had like, cameras in his face like the whole trial was like live on sky um uh, maybe it's maybe it's legal stuff probably is but there's no there's nothing on greenwood it's completely completely shut down oh, or sigurdsson who we haven't seen anything <sighs> from in a year like mm. get, get a camera in that cunt's face and maybe it is to protect the victims to make sure that there is a fair trial to bring justice i understand that too sure. but yeah. there's very there's big distinctions here um just a few just a few few more uh to really like need at home uh, i don't know if you remember that marlon king probably best known for watford but like he had a string of convictions um fraud um criminal damage like breaking into someone's property um handling stolen cars um two counts of assault um and sexual assault and assault that's um that led to bodily harm and he got 18 months for that crazy crazy stuff um just then other than that null ranger do you remember null ranger for newcastle yes he committed eight months in jail for fraud yeah he was um, not her old killer to be honest he was he still is he still is <laughs> looking outside the premier league two names that kind of stuck stuck out to me patrick cliver causing death by dangerous driving while he was with ajax hmm. and gus hiddink tax fraud so yeah and just not to i don't know falsely accuse someone but what was the story of rebury was that was that a that's prostitute what, thing? That's the thing. These are the, these those names there are the ones that were like convicted, convicted, like set in stone, right? Yeah, like as in like found guilty. Not, yeah, found guilty and not out handled out of court. Yeah, but there are so many, like Benzema, Ribery. Didn't didn't Ribery and Benzema like an underage girl on distribution of like yeah, videos and photos think, of it too? I think there was something very fucking dodgy there, like you know, and still playing like nothing happened yeah yeah it's it's a fucking toxic culture man um i i, I don't accept that the, the money yeah. as an excuse i really dragged <laughs> that's not i think that's very fair because it's an easy one to fall back on because like it always is one that kind of like draws my mind away and i do i think it has an influence i definitely do think it does because it gives it's positional power you hear that a lot right yeah you know that positional power thing and that's just looking at the Mason Greenwood one, like the mm. things he was saying and the actions he was taking is because yeah. untouchable, like untouchable for want of a better term, yeah. is he felt untouchable. And, you know, the, again, not to shit on United, but the Man United crest on your, on your jersey when you're driving around, people wanting to take pictures with you, like posters and shit and advertising boards with your face on it. I think it, mm -hmm. I think it gives you some of that positional power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, and I know rich people. God, I I don't even like saying it, but rich people don't like to be told no. But he, like a human being, should be able to know when to fucking stop. Like you know, I mean, okay, like you know, 
you yeah. want a latte in a shop and they say well we don't sell lattes here you can kick off whatever but like if if you're if you're asking you know you're someone for fucking something and they're saying no one and you're saying well i insist like then you're just a rapist yes yeah yeah it's you wouldn't expect it from like a, a toddler or a young no. child. Do we have to know? put? Do we have to put like a trigger warning at the start of this episode? Because kind of, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Some of this is grim shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a downer, but I think it's important things to talk about. Though. I think it is. so. Like, yeah. It, it as as people who obviously enjoy football, and we do very much take the piss out of a lot of football, and we do. Oh, we're obviously very fond of football too, but there is a very, very serious and dark side to football that we've seen come to a head, especially in the past few years, with a lot of prominent players and big players. And yeah, it it does it's uncomfortable to speak about this stuff, but you know, as two men. So I think it's our responsibility as well. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think that concludes where we were all the things we were hoping to speak about today i know it was a bit of a bit of a downer but yeah yeah no i think that's that's uh we'll, we'll, i'm sure we can cut it there we'll cut it there good night god bless thanks for the tip <laughs> thanks for the tip you've been listening to the put them under pressure podcast for more of our content make sure that you follow us on youtube spotify and facebook outro music.